Welcome to the Liberating Mind, Body, and Spirit podcast, where we talk about liberation of mind, body, and spirit, the journey of being human, reconnection to ourselves, spirituality, and the unseen realms. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Miranda, holistic healer, Western-trained psychotherapist, Reiki master, and shamanic lineage descendant. And what matters most to me is helping people reconnect with their true selves and spiritual supports so they can share their gifts with the world and live their purpose. No BS, no bypassing or platitudes, just real talk. Let's go. Hi, friends. If we haven't met yet, I'm Dr. Christine Miranda, Western-trained psychotherapist, holistic healer, Reiki master, and guide, currently based in New York City and working independently in private practice. Trauma is my area of specialty, and a lot of my work centers around helping people heal from and navigate the challenges of living in this oppressive, patriarchal, capitalistic society so they can reconnect to their true selves, their ancestry, divinity, purpose, and beyond. I like to think of it as a deconditioning, remembering, and reimagining practice where we return to old ways of being and relating that feel aligned with our spirit before colonization took over the world. Since starting this podcasting exploration, I've received so much love and support, so a big thank you to all of you for that. In the previous episode, I spoke about the importance of right relating and how beginning the practice with yourself can help to provide grounding and orientation. If you found yourself resonating with the idea of right relating, but feeling unsure, overwhelmed, or confused with the practice, I've got you. You'll get more clarity through this episode. Today, we're going to go a layer deeper, specifically exploring how individual and collective liberation can be birthed through deconditioning and honoring your humanity and multiplicity, essentially all aspects of you. We'll explore this in two parts, starting with looking at the multiple parts within us and what that means for right relating. And in the second part, I'll touch on getting anchored into your true self while honoring all aspects of you. So let's dive right in. One aspect of being human is learning how to navigate our thoughts and feelings, hopefully becoming more adept as one matures. It's usually not smooth sailing though. Have you had the experience of noticing your thoughts and feelings being in opposition to one another? At times, different parts of you might be in conflict, and other times they might be in varying levels of agreement. It can be really confusing. So the question then of how can you anchor into yourself and navigate right relating when there's so much internal activity happening? Which one of these thoughts, perspectives, parts of you is actually right? Well, that is the practice. As human beings, we hold complex multitudes and aspects within us, and all of it is valid. Your thoughts and feelings, all aspects of you, are there for a reason. They carry wisdom just waiting to be understood. This might be an unpopular opinion, but I believe that in this human experience, we're being invited to develop a skillfulness to come into deeper knowing and union with our own minds, bodies, emotions, and spirit, to reach a place of harmony and balance within ourselves and the ecosystem that we are a part of, seen and unseen, and 
just like all relationships, as you deepen in intimacy, you will discover more and more. As a result, you may be confronted with differences, contradictions, or other unexpected aspects that can lead to conflict. But conflict isn't inherently bad. Those tensions and contradictions we notice within ourselves are our growing edges. Without them, we would stay the same. We wouldn't expand or deepen our capacity, our understanding, our abilities, our connections, or our perceptions and worldview. By facing these points of tension, you uncover deeper layers that help you to receive clarity about what is true and what feels right for you, which can look different for everyone. What are your values? What matters to you? What are your boundaries, your preferences, positionality, and beliefs? What resonates with your heart and with your spirit? In Western psychology, a common thinking trap is to get stuck in framing things in absolutes, in extremes, good versus bad, in either-or type dualities. We tend to try to organize information in a linear or compartmentalized way, but that is not the reality of our lived experience. There is nuance, there are spectrums, there is non-linearity, along with those perceived extremes. Let me share a story to make this less conceptual. I have a client who works as part of a huge institution where she was tasked to bring in innovative practices and ideas to improve how they operate. She was so excited by this possibility. Finally, she was doing work she was passionate about and stimulated by. On top of that, she was getting paid more than she had at any other job. It was a dream come true. Financial security like she had always yearned for. As she spends more time there, she realizes that she and the leadership are not on the same page about her work. They feel like she should be focusing on other tasks and piled on projects that really were not that important but deemed urgent. It was busy work, really. Under-resourced and unsupported, yet feeling the pressure to deliver some big institutional change, she found herself feeling more and more resentful, discouraged, and depleted. No real traction was happening with her projects because the institutional support wasn't fully there. But that didn't mean that other people didn't see or value what she was bringing to the table. Many other employees, those tasked with being on the front lines, commented on how refreshing, innovative, and out-of-the-box her ideas were. It actually energized them to see that things could be done in a different way. Hearing that was like a bomb to her heart, and it inspired her and reinvigorated her spirit. She reasoned that things weren't so bad, and maybe perhaps they could get better. Or so she hoped. Fast forward to now, a few months later, she sat with me and talked about her feelings of conflict in loving the work, being able to share her ideas, and be finally compensated well while at the same time feeling like she was not making the meaningful impact she had hoped for and feeling tokenized, exploited, and extracted from by the institution. 
She was creating, promoting, and pushing these initiatives mostly on her own for an organization whose values didn't fully align with hers. You could see the anguish and fatigue weighing on her. Feeling frustrated with herself for being in this position, but also recognizing the reality of needing to support herself in order to survive, she felt stuck and she didn't know what to do. How could anyone flourish in conditions like that? And she most certainly did not. She started experiencing physical and emotional distress because of her situation. Not sleeping, not eating, constant rumination, and feeling on edge. That, for her, was what pushed her over the line. Something that I've learned in doing this work, and also in my own personal life, is that the body is constantly communicating its wisdom to us. And when it feels like it's at its limit and compromise, it will stop you in your tracks. So what happened next? She decided that the job was not worth her well-being. The money, while tempting, was not worth her mental health. So she made the difficult and courageous decision to leave. There was no backup plan, no new job in the pipeline, just this liminal space and an immense sense of relief. Can you relate to feeling like this? Being in that place of feeling so worn, drained, and dimmed that you actually had to make the hard call of making a change, sometimes even walking away, leaving money on the table, and perhaps foregoing what could be viewed as security. Yes, there are layers of privilege in being able to walk away. Let's be real and name that. She was supported and resourced enough that she wasn't in dire straits. And I think we all can relate to feeling so worn down that you had to make a difficult choice to change things because it would be just too painful and harmful to you otherwise. I've been in that place too. For me, after leaving the hospital system, I felt like a shell of myself, burned out and disillusioned. And I had to find myself again. Those doubtful, fearful, critical parts or internal voices could not override a core knowing, a truth that was grounded and congruent with my spirit. Honoring the different parts of you simply is about listening, acknowledging, and being with them. Holding space for the fear, sadness, judgment, and frustration, while also acknowledging the inspired, proud, intellectual, achievement-oriented parts of you too. Doing so helps to bring harmonization and balance to the system. These parts, these aspects of you, they all belong. And they can't all be in charge at the same time. This is why being connected to your core knowing, your wise, grounded, and compassionate essence is so important. It's able to relate and lead with thoughtfulness, openness, collaboration, and care. So transitioning to the second part now. How do you find that core true self and become more connected with it? Anchoring into your true self, 
your heart intelligence, your core as a being outside of the colonial paradigm while trying to be in right relationship with others is about depth and ongoing discovery. For me, to drill down to my truth, I had to ask myself some hard questions and peel back layers of conditioning one by one in order to get more and more clear on what was true for me versus what I've been conditioned and taught to think and believe. Here are a few questions I asked myself. As you listen, see what comes up for you. There are no wrong answers. There might not even be an answer. It's just about being curious and seeing what arises. Question one. If you were to strip away your conditioning, your fears, your masks, imposed obligations and responsibilities, all the way to your core self, what do you notice? What do you find? Question two. If you weren't extracted from or exploited, if your value and worth were not measured or contingent upon productivity and what you could give, who would you be? Finally, question three. If you could hear or sense it clearly, what do you think your core true self and spirit would say to you right now? Perhaps you noticed it was hard to come up with an answer. Or perhaps in coming to an answer, a whole host of feelings and realizations emerge. Perhaps you got a bit clearer. So then, sitting with that, there is no wrong or right answer, only information for us. In peeling back layers of conditioning, and acknowledging the many different aspects of ourselves, it is inevitable that in the process, your understanding of yourself becomes deeper, your knowing becomes even clearer, and your connection to your true self feels more rooted and grounded. Your relating with others becomes steadily anchored in this knowing of yourself. We are so busy and in the mix of these conditioned ways of being. Sometimes we don't realize that there are other ways of being, seeing, and experiencing. Other decolonial possibilities are there. And they can be accessed through small shifts, like steps on a path. For example, if you're considering leaving your job because of burnout or you have left your job because of burnout, what if the next step wasn't all about getting your dream job, but one that is steady enough that your nervous system has a chance to recover and repair? What if the next step was going on a break, vacation, a sabbatical, to disrupt that cycle of constant stress and emotional dysregulation so that you could finally breathe and ground into yourself again. What if the next step was just letting someone know you're struggling and need help? Just notice what happens to your body 
your system with these possibilities. Hearing that it's okay to slow down, that you don't need to rush to the next big thing, that it is important to prioritize your health and recovery because your wellness matters more so than how much you're able to produce. Hearing that you're supported by loved ones and community while on your journey and that you're not alone in healing and figuring things out. In slowing down and intentionally creating space for our voice, for newness, or possibilities, we can discover what's there in the liminal space, waiting to be found, waiting to be birthed. And that, my friends, can be a pathway to our liberation, a return to and recognition of our humanity, which we've been severed from under this colonialist paradigm. Imagine listening to your heart and spirit as they guide you in evolving, expanding, creating, connecting, and living in a way that makes your entire being sing. Learning to move in rhythm with your body and the spirit of creativity and inspiration in a way that feels nourishing and restorative to you. Listen to and honor the many aspects of you while tapping into what feels true, resonant, and congruent and choosing then to lead from that grounded, wise, heart-centered place. My closing invitation to you is to hold space for our complexities and normalize these messy, uncertain, or confronting periods in our lives that tend to come along with them. Nature operates in cycles, and believe it or not, so do we. What if a seemingly confusing, uncertain period, accompanied by a chorus of different thoughts and feelings, is actually you deepening your roots, shedding your leaves, or blooming? Very simply, just transitioning into another season in your life. So from that lens, what are you needing in this season of your life? What are you wanting in this season of your life? Ground into yourself, your heart, and listen to the wisdom that's there, wanting to be heard. Decoloniality is a paradigm, and deconstructing, deconditioning, remembering, and reimagining is the practice pausing to be, and letting go of urgency. Because urgency is colonialism, and our culture pathologizes rest. That intentional pause can be a radical first step in reclaiming a life, a way of being, that is more coherent with the light that you carry. Thanks for joining me today, friends. 
I hope this conversation about honoring our complexities, deconditioning, and deeper relating helped to support you today. To catch the latest from me, you can head over to christinemiranda.com to sign up to my email list, or you can follow me on my new Instagram account at dr.christinemiranda. Link and resources are in the show notes. That's all for this episode. Sending you all so much warmth and appreciation. Stay tuned for more conversations about liberating mind, body, and spirit. Here's to our collective healing and liberation. I'll see you next time. Bye.